This podcast is brain powered by the University of Sydney. We are controlling transmission. Sydney Phoenix, Dr. Carl, and Adam Spencer. Adam, you know when people do the scuba diving thing? Yes. Um, you know how they sit on the edge of the boat and they always fall backwards in the yes. water? Why do they fall backwards? No idea. Well, if they fell forwards, they'd just end up back in the boat and they wouldn't oh. be... Oh, you've got to try that one on Ellie, mate. <coughs> oh. Not game to classify yourself as a full dad with that's a bad a, joke yet, a, eh? That's a tumbleweed <laughs> oh, oh. flying across this podcast. Ah, which, and the tumbleweeds came from Russia. Did they really? Yeah, they were accidentally imported. That was in my eighth book. And then they started making their way across the United States. And unfortunately, they're really good at propagating and they break off easily. And then as they bounce and they roll across the countryside, they're dropping off seeds out of their batch of, you know, 50,000 that they're carrying with them. Really? They propagate like crazy. But they came in with some Russian peasants about a century and a bit ago. It deliberately brought it in thinking it'd help yeah. it out or accidentally just, just, just came accidentally. across? And so this thing which is iconic of American Westerns, yeah. they should really be speaking in the Russian accent. <laughs> that, that was my Chinese like, accent. Yeah, I was going to say, like you were just the great Chinese philosopher, <laughs> Krushnitsky. Sam. You, are, you might have realised you've, you've stumbled into a Sleek Geek podcast. With, oh, hi, uh, Guy. What a- are you doing there? Adam Spencer. Welcome. Dr. Carl. Krushnitsky kicking off with that hilarious joke and kicking things off a little bit differently here. What's up? Twitter time. Yeah. Come on. Twitter. That's right, Carl. I've played the Twitter time. Whoa. Right from the start because we asked, as we regularly do before one of our podcasts on the uh, at Sleek Geeks handle on Twitter, send us a few questions. What would you like us to answer? And we've got so many questions. I've now officially got a backlog. So we're not going to do any stories this week. We're just going to answer questions. Lay it on us. Starting with our good friend Benjamin James. How Mm. are you, Ben? What would it take... Brackets, is it even possible, close brackets, to allow humans to digest and metabolise cellulose as a source of ATP production? Now, let's just slow this down for the Mm. dummies like myself, Carl. Two things I need to ask before you answer this question. What's Mm. cellulose and what's ATP production? So do you want to take either of those first? First, the ATP. Yep. Um, Adenine something triphosphate or something? Adenosine triphosphate. Right. I've heard of it. What is it? So as a, uh, it's it's the energy chemical of the body. Uh So if you want to, in our society, so I'm giving a metaphor first, if you want to, in our society, have a cup of coffee, buy some petrol or gasoline for our American listeners, um, you have to use money as your universal currency. Yes. In the body, the universal currency is ATP. To get anything done, you have to use ATP. ATP. Move an eyelid, um, contract a muscle, uh, shift anything across a membrane, shift sodium across a membrane or potassium. Digest food in your stomach. Everything involves ATP. ATP, adenosine triphosphate, that third phosphate is stuck on really weakly. And all you have to do is go to it and sort of go... Flick, and as it falls off, you put a small amount of energy in, you get a huge amount of energy back. And so it makes an ideal energy currency, and then it circulates back into the cell, and then little guys called mitochondria, Mm -hmm. they then crank it back up to ATP. So they get in ADP, adenosine diphosphate. Oh, my God, you guys have used up all used up the energy. Okay, I'll, I'll pump it back up again. And just as a little aside, um, the they have different DNA from us. They're the only mitochondria creature, do. They're the only creatures we know of anywhere on planet Earth that do not have the same genetic code. Wow. We are the same as a wolf and a whale and 
probably a dinosaur, birds are dinosaurs, and everything, and so the genetic code is... That as, the, as in we're all ACTs and Gs just shuffled around in different orders yeah, and things and, like and, that. And always the great discovery of the 20th century was that any three of those rungs on the ladder of life, A, T, C, or G, any three of those will then say make this amino acid or that amino acid. Yeah. And the code to make this or that amino acid is the same everywhere except in mitochondria. And we think that what happened was that two billion years ago, so the Earth is about four and a half-ish billion mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. old, life 3.8 billion years mm-hmm. ago, and two billion years ago, some of the creatures invented a thing called photosynthesis. Mm-hmm. And they accidentally, because it was, it was terrific, you just suck in the energy of the sun and you get your energy from the sun. You don't have to go and swallow something smaller than you. And they accidentally pumped as a byproduct this incredibly toxic, corrosive gas into the environment, oxygen. Uh-huh. And everything died except for them and the mitochondria. And the mitochondria said, oh, God, or help me, there's this terrible stuff called oxygen. I'll dive inside these other cells carrying my own separate and DNA hide. with me. Just I'll, wait for it to blow over. I'll wait for it to blow over. And and then so what we do is we throw oxygen at them and they say, oh, my God, okay, get rid of it. And, and then they get rid of it and then they give us ATP in, reserve, in return. So ATP is made by mitochondria, which are little subcells inside our own cells, and that is the universal energy currency that you need to make anything. A couple of quick questions out of that. Ben, we'll get to your question in a second. But that's part of his question. The ACT and G, people can listen to a previous Sleek Geeks podcast with mm. a fascinating professor whose name oh, yes. has skipped my mind, but who said she geez, thinks... She was great. We don't just have the four ACT and G. We've got ACT and G and also... C that has been methylated. Yes. Different to C that hasn't been. And she sort of thinks C asterisk, mm. you know, methyl C, is the fifth element of A, C, T, and G. Really, really interesting discussion because she was saying in particular, uh, might have been in breast cancer, mm. that when you look at people who've got the same order of A, C, T, and Gs, some of the Cs are methylated and some aren't. It just seems to be the methylation or not of the Cs that determines massive differences in the type of breast cancer mm. you have. So she thinks C asterisks, you know, methyl C is a bit of a fifth plate. And, and we were so lucky to have oh. somebody like her who could ex- was both an expert and who could explain it. So guys, go back. Does, is guys male and female or should I say... I, I use guys in a gender-neutral sense. Yeah, so gender-neutral guys... Yeah. Although if you want to have a particular gender, that's that's good. And okay, if you yeah, want to have yeah. both at the same time, okay, we support that as well. Yep. Uh, is that enough of the political I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, so go and listen to it. It's moving back to here. So we're talking about cellulose. But, yeah, but cellulose. before we get there, mitochondria, you said they're different. Do they have the ACTG like us and it just creates different amino acids or they've got Correct. some? Yeah, okay. Correct. So they've still got ACTs and Gs. Yeah. But in me, a certain combination. And the wolf and the wheat and the dinosaur all and make the whale. a particular amino acid. Yeah. But in mitochondria, they do something different. They make a different amino acid. Wow, there you wow. go. A different, they're the only creature that has a different code. Okay. Benjamin, here we go. Cellulose. Before okay. we can answer Ben's question, what is cellulose? Okay, now you, you know about atoms. Yeah. So you get a bunch Love of... Them. Yeah, they're the best. So you get five or six atoms together mm-hmm. and you form them into a ring. Mm-hmm. And the common name for that is a sugar. Mm-hmm. It's, and so... You might have heard the word sugar as the white stuff on your kitchen yeah. table or brown sugar. But 32% the, of Nutrigrain. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. High. Wow. So the word sugar also has a different meaning for a biochemist. And, in fact, our good friend Ruben yeah. did the fat thing. Do you know that the journal that he published in, mm. it was invented so far back in time 
that they didn't have the word biochemistry. Really? They called it biological chemistry. There you go. So anyway, so this is biochemistry we're getting into yep. here. So you get five or six carbon atoms in a ring. In a ring called a sugar. And you call it a sugar. Yep. And then you can show, you can have monosaccharides where you just got a ring and a ring and a ring. So I'll just call a ring a ring. But sometimes you can have two of them stuck together, like you might stick glucose and I think it is um, galactose together. and you give In a the, sort of little figure eight. Yeah. Glued so together. Glu- glu- yep. They're glued together. They're glued together, and where they're glued together, ATP can bust them apart. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And here's the other thing. If you've got one ring, yep. you know, five or six carbon atoms, it is just below the limit, and it can just get across your membranes between the gut and the bloodstream. Yep. Got two of them, forget it. Uh-huh. One single ring, okay. Two of them. So with regard to lactose... That's the sugar in milk. Yep. Everybody in the world, as a baby in general, can do the splitting with ATP. And ATP it. can split the rings into small enough in, bits to get across your membrane. Yep. So, so you split two rings into, uh, what do you call them, a double ring, a figure yep. eight ring, into two individual rings. Yep. And as you get older, you know, five, ten or so, one third of the people in the world can do it, can do the splitting, and that's me and maybe you. It's me. And... Two-thirds can't, many of the people from Asia. Are they the ones we call lactose intolerant? Right. But, they're in, they're, but they're in the majority. We, ah. should, we, we should call ourselves the weird name and they should yes. be the normal ones. But anyway, mm. so with cellulose, we do not have the enzymes to break the individual rings apart. Ah. But, but with starch, which is similar, it's made of a bunch of rings stuck together, we do. It's powered by... ATP, and an enzyme is the chemical that does the work, but it's power to get its energy from ATP. So what was the question so again? Be, is Ben asking, when he says, what would it take to allow humans to digest and metabolise cellulose as a source of ATP production? Is he really asking, what would it take for us to be able to break up cellulose exactly. with, with ATP? Mm. And it, uh, he's right, ATP is the power supply, but we need the enzymes to do the snipping. Mm. Now, the cows don't do this. Uh, they don't snip them apart. Rather, they set up these fermentation chambers in there, not one, not two, not three, but four separate com- stomachs, yep. and they just do all sorts of fermentation. There's bacteria and fungi, and they do the snipping for them. But we could evolve humans via genetic engineering. Mm-hmm. We could evolve ourselves, change ourselves to be able to manufacture the enzyme that would do the snipping of the individual rings, and we could then get energy from grass. The disadvantage is that like a cow, we'd have to spend most of the day eating because the amount of energy is fairly small. So is what where, where Ben's question comes from, so I was thinking why would we want to you know, eat, in inverted commas, cellulose? Anyway, so cellulose is in grass, is it? Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. And this explains why every time you eat corn, it seems to come out the other end. And you could have, and you say... I could have sworn I chewed that stuff, but there it is in the toilet bowl. Why does it come out the other end? Well, the body you, can't. If you ever noticed that, then yeah, you, I, you might have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually did the experiment where I chewed it more thoroughly and then looked more closely. I'm sure you did. And and, and by chewing really, really thoroughly, mm. I could get smaller bits of the yellow flakes, but I could never get rid of them totally. And is this because what well, the body can't break it down? Yeah, right. So the it cannot break down the outer yellow covering, the inside bit. Yeah. The starch, we can break that down because okay. So, so corn, a little, a little bit of corn, a, co- a kernel is, of corn is, is starch wrapped in cellulose. Right. You're saying exactly. okay. So overwhelmingly, here starch, we go, which we can break down. Yeah, and it's and 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 a relatively thin coating, which is called the bran coat or 
the pericarp or the outer covering. Same thing. So that's that yellowy bit. And we do not have the enzymes to break it down. Okay, so more okay, so more generally, because corn's not the only thing it happens for. Mm-hmm. But with so, like something like you, so, you, you, you notice nuts sometimes. Um, Is that just me eating peanuts too quickly? Could be. You've got okay. to them. I should be able to break down, down peanuts, shouldn't I? Uh, d- d- I haven't read up on peanuts. That'd give me another six hours to do that. But sometimes when and he listeners he will uh, when when uh, the, the same guy. Looked more closely to check if you could break down the corn. We'll go and read six hours to find. That's why I love him. So when some things come out through your waste system and you just, you, you, your default thought is, oh, I didn't chew it enough or it just managed to come through, it may well have been something that your body could not break down. Yeah, so that happens with the, I forget the name of the chemical, in asparagus. So that can come through your body, through your kidneys, and into your urine. Asparagine? Asparagine. I think it might be asparagine. Asparagine? Or asparagusic acid. But, but it's something You've told there. me it once before. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. They, they can look it up. In the, but the, the point is that it comes through. And also, you can end up... Well, here's a big question. If you feed strawberries to cows, do you get strawberry milk? And the answer is Maybe. Maybe. So <laughs> if you feed strawberries, strawberries to cows, cows, this is all inspired by Benjamin's great Twitter Thank question. You, no okay. offence to the other three Twitter questions I was hoping to get to Don't in get our there. Twitter question only episode, but we may well be pushing up against time here. If I feed a cow a diet of just pure strawberries, will you get strawberry milk? Will the milk that comes out be strawberry milk? Maybe. And let me explain. Maybe it's not. Maybe. A, well, it's, it's not, it's not an answer I'm warming okay, to. So. so <laughs> Okay, so a bit of biological chemistry or biochemistry if you want to be one of these new crazy Twitter people. Hipsters. There's two ways that flavours get into milk. Mm -hmm. One is that they've got this chemical and it just doesn't get touched and it just goes straight into the milk. Number two, it goes into the gut of the cow Mm -hmm. and gets changed into something else, into something else, and then that final changed product then... Gives some flavour to the milk. Right, okay. So CSIRO did research in 1990, and for example, if you get cows and feed them a diet low in fat, Mm -hmm. the milk is flavoured very delicately with blue cheese, coconut and peaches. If... Blue cheese, coconut and peaches is the flavouring of... Cows that have had a very low-fat no diet, right. milk, and in, okay. And in France, you know, the Gruyere cheese, love yeah. France, 4,000 types of cheese, the flavour of the cheese varies between summer and winter and also whether the cow's fed in the mountains, the plateaus or on oh. the plains. So the, as the feed varies, so does the milk flavour. Mm-hmm. And with beetroot, there's a chemical called betaine and that gets... Turned, I love beetroot. Uh, and it gets turned into... Uh, I, what I love about beetroot is that you go to the toilet the next morning, you look at the toilet bowl and you think, oh, my God, there's blood. I've got cancer. I'm going to die. And then you think, oh, no, I had beetroot. And the sense of relief. Didn't you tell me a quick little, another little tangent here, didn't you tell me your your wife, a, a very talented medical practitioner, didn't she have a spate of people thinking they had really horrid problems, possibly cancer With or univers- polyps, et cetera. Yeah. And, then, and, and, and she eventually asked one person about their diet. And deeply, deeply. She asked all of them about detail, their diet. everything. And one of them finally, uh, yeah, fessed up that they'd been eating this new 
um, little thing of beetroot chips Which that they really liked. Was at the time, so it, the beetroot chips it, it, She went back and checked all the other people who'd been complaining about these polyps and it was just because that was the kale of that month. Yeah. There so, you go. So with the cows, they turned it into a chemical called trimethylamine, which gives a fishy flavour. That's what they turned beetroot into. Yeah. They, wow. They, so it doesn't come out red, it comes out as a fishy flavour. Yep. And in fact, if you turn rye or wheat, if you give rye or wheat to cows, they start with different chemicals and turn it back into the same trimethylamine, fishy thing. And if you give them the cruciferous vegetables, and you did mention our good friend kale, which is identical DNA to cauliflower, cabbage, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, you feed that to cows. It's not identical at the checkout. No. Tell you that. So you, they give the radish, and in Australia, in the Darling Downs, turnip weed gives milk an off flavour. But if you give them oats and sunflower seeds, you get an interesting surprise. So you give them the oats, and the oats stimulate bacteria in one of the cow's stomachs. Okay, now forget about the oats. These bacteria then say, oh, here's some sunflower. They then turn the sunflower into a chemical called gamma dodex cis 6 enolactone, which tastes Sorry, like- I missed that. Can you give me, <laughs> give me that again, Carl? Gamma dodex cis 6 Enolactone. The dough deck there will mean 12. Oh, yeah, 12, yeah. Yep. And it tastes like raspberries. This chemical is so pervasive that not only does the milk taste like raspberries, so does the meat. And in humans... So you can give a cow, so like oats and, and sunflower yeah, seeds. So the oats increase the bacteria. Oats and sunflower seeds even make the cow's Ra- milk... Tastes like raspberry. And meat. Tastes like raspberry. Meat tastes like raspberries. And it happens in humans. So if a woman drinks carrot juice while she's pregnant or be- breastfeeding, the growing infants get very fond of carrot-flavoured cereal. And oh. as a result of this, in 2008, some Danish investigators in Copenhagen fed 18 nursing mothers who are in good health, blah, 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 um, flavour capsules. Very quickly, the, bun- the babies were having banana milkshakes from their mother's breasts. So... <laughs> It took varying times. So it took one hour for the banana flavour to come through, two hours for caraway and licorice, and menthol took two to eight hours. And, for example, we know that these flavours affect what baby does. So if a mother, a nursing mother, has garlic or alcohol or vanilla, the baby thinks, I'm hanging on here, and just attaches to the breast for longer. And you think about our adult choices are influenced strongly from what happens way back as a child. So breastfeeding we know is associated with increased intelligence and greater social mobility and protection from heart disease later on, but it seems as though it could help the baby develop a more sophisticated palate. So the baby is getting used to different flavours from the mother's breast milk and that makes them more accepting Ah. of a wide variety of flavours as they grow older and prime them to try different foods. And with women who are feeding their baby's formula, well, just try different types of formula to get the babies used to different changes in Uh flavour. But so, you know, getting back to strawberries. Yes. Right. I looked in the literature. The number of cases I could find of a farmer having enough spare strawberries that were not suitable for human consumption and who had fed them to cows was zero. I couldn't find anything. (laughs) It might be there, but I couldn't find it. But this makes me think, suppose it does work, then perhaps this could be the new totally organic, fully natural, permeate-free superfood. And I believe on the Gold Coast Mm. in Australia that some of the gym junkies are now paying nursing mothers... For their breast milk. Uh-huh. On the simple logic that the baby's small and your feet of breast milk and gets bigger, therefore... I'm going to get massive. 
we've, we've, we've right up against time. Simple question again. It was Ben. Thank you very much, Ben. You can send us uh, questions all the time on Twitter, at Slate Geeks. This final, it's a little addendum to eating and flavouring. I just need a yes-no answer, Carl. Yeah. Eating lots of cinnamon, if a man eats lots of cinnamon, will it affect the flavour of his semen? Yes, comma, I have been told. See you later from the Sleek Geeks. Geeks.